Welcome to Charm the Water. My name is Aaron David. This is the same day of Jupiter that it was last time. And a bit of news uh, on the uh, furnace with the uh, molten metal stuff. So I did not get the copper to melt. The silver did melt. And so now it's kind of all stuck together. Uh, but it took like three hours of blowing the hairdryer for all the coals to ignite and it get really hot and by that time I had already taken the copper and silver out and put in uh, aluminum cans so all I got from today was to smell incredibly stinky my hands to be stained black like a coal miner I smell like a couple lapsang souchong or a pipe of latakia tobacco and it's man it's it's stained I'm gonna have to jump in the shower Kelly's like it smells good and then she's like you stink it's really strong and it is I'm sure the neighbors appreciate it and I hate the suburbs but uh you know I've got to do what I've got to do um every time I start recording I start getting I never get messages unless I hit record on this but um so I've got an aluminum bar from melting cans and I realized that I need to start the coals in a charcoal starter before I move them into the furnace and that way we'll get going blazing hot very first thing and I can really pack it out bad news is the plaster fell out of my my lid uh, which it's a domed lid it's very difficult I tried to drill screws in it so the plaster would have almost like rebar really long screws but uh, it broke up which is common with uh, DIY um, furnaces Uh, the plaster after it gets so hot just kind of crumbles and you got to do it again so I can do that tomorrow and uh, give it one more go on the copper and silver and if it doesn't work, uh, I don't really want to mess around with coal. I know the Hellfire coal would be cool to try with uh, its lump hardwood coal and cola coal, which is spongy coal, and then regular coal all mixed together. It's supposed to get really hot, but after the smelling just how bad it... I mean, it smells good, like wood, but it's just so... like I feel like I've been drenched in liquid smoke took a bath in liquid smoke it's just really potent kind of hurts my throat it's probably not the healthiest thing to stand over it while you're melting aluminum either Uh, but so that's that and I'm not sure what what we're going to do so it's kind of still in the experimental phase and uh, with the trading there's an update there too I'm not doing a challenge Immediately after just failing one, I gave my son, myself some time to recoup, go back over the mentorship stuff. Uh, at least, you know, I, I went back to month one and about 30 minutes ago, I realized, you know, my mentor teaches from top down, like type of analysis. And I realized there in month one, I've probably seen it two or three times now. Each time I missed it, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't grasp it in that way that I could see it. And this time, it took. And it took me running and bashing my head 
uh, like so many times, just like each time I'm able to absorb more learning from doing that. And it's a really slow and painful way of learning, but I just can't be one of those people that takes a list of stuff and runs with it on faith. I've just got to go find out for myself and it, it slows the process down, but I mean, in my mind, it's worth it because I'm kind of like more of a person than somebody who's just running with a list like a robot and faith (laughs) doesn't make sense to me. Uh, It just it's lacking meaning or something. I don't know. I just don't get how people can do that. But uh, I've just always got to go find out for myself. And uh, it's rough. But what I found out from watching month one that is is my usual way of skimming over information to get to the end of it and draw my own conclusion I skimmed over uh, an incredibly important thing so it's we do not trade unless it's either in a a price is in a premium or discount and this is looking at the daily and there's very specific parameters around this I've not I have not done that once in my trading. I understood Fibonacci. I understood premium and discount, but I could not see it. There were a few things missing um, about exactly where the Fibonacci should be placed. These were things I had missed first two, three times around. And tonight sitting down, I was like, ah, and... I realized that this was a huge piece all the way back in month one core content. Huge piece of, uh, of understanding that was missing and um, made me look like a fool. What I've been doing, how I've been trying to trade without that. Without that. It's, i just looking and saying, I can't believe I've been trading as stupidly as I've been and this is why no no wonder I'm getting pissed off and just exploding Uh, because this was missing from my my trading this bit of information I I skimmed over it somehow or uh, it just went over my head but tonight I was like good God man this is big and you know these trading is like that it's like in podcast where I don't know this would happen to me with uh, say when I was in to reform theology listening to reform <laughs> theology podcast I know it sounds funny now but uh, I used to do this and there would be something said in a conversation a sentence and all of a sudden it would just make everything click in an area that had previously been dark, I could not see. And it would just take somebody's phrasing in one sentence about something and a piece of my understanding would click and it would unlock a larger picture that I did not have before. And of course the goal uh, with Reformed Theology is to have an entirely systematic theology based based on the immutability of scripture. And uh, of course that's all, you know, good and well, but whatever. The point is that trading 
is so much like that where there's so many gaps in your understanding about market structure and how price moves and all of this information there's so many moving pieces um, that there can be large gaps in somebody's understanding and it just takes time and experience for those gaps to fill for the person to be like the institutions who do not make trades unless they see exactly what they're looking for. That was what was missing from, I was working blind and the piece that I got from, I cannot believe it was laying back in month one of the mentorship. Um, it's just, it's where you start. Do I trade today or do I not? It's decided there. And then all of the other stuff that I was using, uh, like order blocks, fair value gaps, uh, liquidity voids, run stops, turtle soups, all that stuff comes into play after you've decided, yes, this is a trade day because price is here in a premium. This has happened. Price is here in a discount. This has happened. Um, I was missing that. I was just going straight to the, it was like working blind and no wonder, man, no wonder you get pissed off. I mean, can you imagine how long would you last if let's say you were blind Let's say, like, your, what is the sister's name of Laura Ingalls, who actually went blind in the show? And you remember how she was, like, really pissed off about that? And, like, uh, her parents essentially shipped her away to this school for the blind. And, like, her attitude was horrible, but you could understand it, um... Here's a person who knows what it's like to see and out of their control, they've lost their vision and now their whole lifestyle has changed and their parents have sent them away to somewhere. I mean, you know, but then she meets that dude, (laughs) the teacher, he's a teacher and he teaches her and then they get married And she finds out she didn't even know he was blind too. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it works out great. And then they come back home. I think I forget exactly how it goes, but Kelly got me into, uh, watching those with, and I put them on for mom as well. So that's how I know so much about little house on the prairie. And of course, I vaguely remember watching it myself back in the day. And so there was like three channels, man. And it was like uh, an order of programming. And at like midnight, everything went off. And it, you, there would be no broadcast. It would just be like these weird striped colors. And now I think after that, it would go to snow. It was a weird world. It was a simpler time. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. 
It really was. So basically, uh, I'm very excited once again and optimistic and am continuing to learn, continuing to press into the Chaos Dragon's maw and not giving up, even though every every failure is devastating. Like, there's nowhere else to go. There's no... There's nothing else to turn to. Um, <laughs> I say it again and again. I've... I got this from the initiations. And, like, it, it's either gonna kill me or I'll succeed. And that's it. There's not, like, any... Uh, I think I'll give this up and, you know, teach teenage girls how to play tennis and I never understood that why are so many high school coaches like these old guys does that make sense I mean I don't know if they are today but if you watch any 1980s movies they're creepy man gym teachers are creepy name one 1980s movie without a creepy gym teacher I challenge you. They wear those shorts. And they're too old to wear those shorts. Their balls are like. Longer than the shorts. I'm just saying like. I didn't like gym class. I don't like gym teachers. Uh, You know. A lot of kids. Like me got to sit out because of asthma. I didn't have asthma. I had to go look a fool. It's very upsetting. They had square dancing. I refused to participate. That gave me such anxiety, my stomach hurt. I sat against the bleachers in full uh, objection of what was going on. Square dancing. My God. My God. I never will forget the gym teacher's name. What was it? <laughs> what the hell was it? Mr. Uh, Mr. Epley. I'll never forget one time. Well, this these are two things that I'll never forget happened in the boys' locker room in middle school. Uh which I had just changed over in fifth grade from being in a private Christian school. So I was mortified to be in public school in the first place. And uh, then there was this uh, guy, he'll always smell like pee. And like he comes through the gym, I mean the uh, boys' locker room, his pants are down and he's got an erection and he's just like making his way through the locker room now I don't know if that's like common in locker rooms but I found it disturbing like it gave me more anxiety about this gym stuff I don't even know why I'm talking about this but then the other thing that happened in in the in the boys locker room that I'll never forget is like I remember some guy was like, some idiot was like, oh, we took a massive shit. 
And like Mr. Epley had walked in and this hush fell over the boys' locker room because it was like sixth grade or something, seventh grade. And they were like, because, you know, he had just said shit in front of a teacher. And so Mr. Epley enjoyed the silence for a second. And then he was like, well, wasn't it Goodwin? <laughs> it's just so gross, man. It's like that 1980s short shorts old guy gym teacher archetype and it's just gross i can smell gym socks and jock straps and it's just nightmarish it's the last place on earth that would be hell for me is to go to the afterworld and have to be in gym class Uh, I've got one more memory to share of gym class. I don't have a clue why I'm talking about this. But uh, there was this really hot girl. And I was mortified of girls. Absolutely mortified of girls. Uh, Like I was scared. Ridiculously scared of girls. Like uh, I had the... I did not know it then. But I had the Don Quixote type of thing like with uh what was her name she was like uh I can't Dulcimina or something uh Dulcinea something like that where he idealized just this regular like barmaid uh and so idealized her that she became this like figure that he could never attain and I think that that's what happened with me, with girls in those younger years. I was just scared to look at them. Like they, I don't know. It was bad. But in gym class, one day they made us play ping pong. And they paired me and this other loser off with these two really hot girls. Of course, it's a little weird now saying that seventh grade girls are hot. But this was when I was in 7th grade, and that seemed to be the case. That's no longer the case. You know, I look at, like, 25-year-olds look like babies to me. (laughs) Like, what the hell? It's weird. Uh, But anyway, uh, back in 7th grade, when I was a 7th grader, these 7th grade girls were, were hot. And, uh... I was going to have to play ping pong with them. So, you know, ping pong was something I could deal with. Like, I could do that. It wasn't football. It wasn't square dancing. It wasn't something horrible. Uh, I didn't, never never have learned how to play football. Never knew what was going on there. Uh, dancing, I've never danced publicly in my life. Never will. Especially square dance. Ping pong, I can, you know, it's doable. So, we started playing ping pong. They had multiple tables in the gym. And uh, all of a sudden, I feel something in my ear. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) This is in the the middle of playing ping pong. And I I stick my finger up to my ear. (laughs) And I feel something like all in there. (laughs) And I pull my finger out 
and look at it and it's like bloody it's like bloody with like dark earwax that's kind of looks like imagine dark bloody earwax being pushed out of a toothpaste tube and that's what it was and there were, it kept coming I pulled some out and then I felt it and it was like going and I couldn't hear well just like all of a sudden in the middle of playing ping pong with these two hot girls in seventh grade very you know traumatic this was beyond traumatic I was mortified that they were gonna see what was happening to me (laughs) and think I was like the grossest guy on the planet and this is just I was like thinking this is just typical for something that would happen to me and it is it's true it's so I I just stopped playing ping pong and I started holding my head (laughs) I just covered my ear with my hand because this this bloody earwax was just coming out like I don't know I, I could not believe this was happening like I didn't understand it, but there it was. And uh, I just kind of said, uh, I, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I think I just stayed in there till like Jim was over or something. And so I probably never made eye contact with a girl ever again. And I was afraid she had seen what had come out of my head. And uh, I, I believe that that happened because when I was a kid, my dad used to pour pure hydrogen peroxide in his ears and somehow I started doing that too and I I can remember now all the little like bubbles popping off in your ear and it felt funny but that couldn't have been good I've actually read some people suggest doing that but with a diluted hydrogen peroxide diluted with water I forget the reason why, maybe earaches or something. I don't know. I read it a long time ago, but I don't know why that was a thing with my dad. I do know he had sinus issues. Maybe it had something to do with that. I don't know, but I'm sure that that is what caused the bloody toothpaste earwax. So that was the last time I ever put peroxide in my ears was in seventh grade after the ping pong event and my experiences with girls only got worse from there so with that I have no idea why I went into all of that but uh, until next time